right, and we're back to another episode of Gratitude and Grit podcast hosted by Nick Prohaska and Brad Hokinson. So today we have a special guest, uh, Doug Prohaska. How you doing, Doug? Great. Doing awesome. Thanks for uh, joining us. Likewise. So when we um, started this podcast and we had our list of 10 or 12 topics, um, one of them was to have a conversation with you. So That's nice perfect. to finally uh, chase you down. Make it happen. And making it happen. So I uh, really appreciate you coming over and, and doing this. Um, so the topic of today we're going to talk about is basically kind of on the theme of get fit to stay active, uh, which we talked about a little bit in episode number two. And so we want to hear from you because you are 62 years old. I am. Which is not old. So I'm, I don't <laughs> want to hear any of that. Uh, you, won't hear, you won't hear it from me. Yeah. I don't want to hear any of that crap about it being <laughs> old, but uh, you're definitely older than uh, a lot of the people in our community. Um, and you're probably one of the more fit ones in our community. You're definitely way, way more fit than I am. So um, and so you are 62 years old. And so I thought it would be a great topic, uh, to get you in here to talk a little bit about why you do it and how you do it. Um, kind of on the premise of, again, get fit to stay active and, and what we're all working out for as a 39 year old, the reason why I'm working out is to get fit in order to stay active. Uh, I chase around my kids all the time. Um, and then as you and your sixties, you're still crushing it. And so I want to kind of understand a little bit about that. So what do you, so let me ask you this. Have you always been, uh, into fitness the way you are now? Yeah, we, um, we're from Northern Iowa and, and, you know, we farmed up there and of course you're active on the farm. And then in the wintertime and the summertime, we were into martial arts Oh for wow! Mo- most of my adult life, uh, martial arts and Christine and Nick were also in it. Um, but then they got into high school and got into their own activities, but always have been, uh, active until, until CrossFit with Christine, uh, it was martial arts. And what, what discipline of martial arts? Uh, taekwondo. Art? Yeah. So not only are you fit, but you can beat the shit out of us. Not too. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you, did you make it to a certain belt level then? Did you have belts I, in Taekwondo? Yeah. Yeah. I made it to third degree, uh, black belt. Oh, and wow. I, I spent enough time to get to sixth degree, but, uh, I was unable to instruct because I was still farming and, um, you know, I was only there six months out of the year, three months in the winter and three months in the summer. So I couldn't instruct, but, um, yeah, I technically am sixth degree. Wow. So, yeah. It's so I'm going to a little tangent here, but, um, uh, is, is that a pretty good workout? Yeah, it's, it, of course, it's not lifting weights, but um, competition-wise, um, it's only two-minute uh, competitions. When I was fighting, um, they're, they're very short, so they're not demanding like CrossFit competitions. Um, the workouts, though, are highly variable, and so you're moving everything, and it, it, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. So I listened to a little bit of a uh, Jocko Willink, um, and he does jujitsu. Yeah. And so and he talks about what a great workout that is. And obviously we've done the fight gone bad workout. Um, and then obviously you see fighters and they are highly conditioned athletes. Yeah. And so I just didn't know if that was, if you, so how long, when you went to a class or went to a session, was it a, an hour or two hours? Just an hour. Just yeah, an hour. Just like, yeah. Yep. Just you warm up and, and do your thing and it was kind of a skill. And then, uh, sometimes we would spar and, and then that was it. Wow. Yeah. Just keep progressing. Didn't know that. Yeah. That's why we, that's why we have this conversation. That's right. So if you're in class with Doug, don't, don't talk any <laughs> shit. Right. Um, 
So then you mentioned working out with Christine and Nick. So when did you start doing CrossFit? Yes, Christine uh, came to Kansas City in um, late 2011. And um, she had been coaching CrossFit. Of course, her uh, education is in um, nutrition and and um, um, exercise science. So she had been personal training and group training and you know boot camps and all that down in Florida. And then when she came to Kansas City, she had um, three or four years of experience coaching CrossFit. It was relatively new at at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, immediately I started, I was technically her first client. Yeah. 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 Athlete. Yep. Did you get into CrossFit because of her? Yes, so I she's did. she's like, Hey dad, this is awesome. Come check it out. Well, I had done, I had gone, uh, gone to Florida a few times and done a, done a workout with, with her group down there. I was in a transition, um, martial arts, you know, I had been in martial arts for two and a half decades and, and I, I wasn't able to do it the way I wanted to do it couldn't find a good dojo up here. Uh, so I was in transition and it was just perfect. She, you know, she said, Hey, let's just start training. And that's what we did. Did you, uh, lift weights and all that stuff before 2011? Not really. Um, during my martial arts years, I did not lift weights. It would slow me down. You know, I'd lose flexibility and it was, it was just something I didn't do. Of course we were always active on the farm and you know, yeah. I was in good shape that way. That's a kind of a different kind of strength. A different kind of workout. Yeah. yeah. Actually, most of it isn't really good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you started working with Christine in 2011, did you like CrossFit? I, yes. Now, Immediately. Yep. CrossFit back then was a little bit of a different um, animal in that it was pretty much you go big or you go home. You know, that's kind of the way CrossFit started. It's not the way that is now. It can be for some athletes, but... The, the focus is on long-term function and movement now, which is spot on, I think. So then you've been essentially doing it since 2011, 2012. You've been... In early 2012, we started. Yeah, so yeah. Eight, eight years. Wow. Yeah. You still enjoy it today? Absolutely, Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're working out at uh, 9 a.m. this morning, yep. so... Come there with a smile on yeah. every day. And so um, where you're at right now... Uh, Besides working out, how many times a week do you work out? Four to five CrossFit. Then I do some accessory work, sometimes at KCI and then some sometimes at another place. More of a social thing than anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had, had some injuries and so I work on rehabbing and that kind of and strength for certain things um elsewhere just to kind of break it up. So I mean I'm I'm six to seven classes or Sessions. Sessions. Yeah. Uh, a week. Wow. Yeah. And do you do anything else as far as do you play golf? Do you bowl or do you do anything else no. to kind of be active? No, no, that's it. That's it. That's it. Motorcycle when I, when I can ride Mot- motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. Which is not as easy as most people think it is. No, not especially if ones. you ride for a few hours. Yeah. So as a, as a 62 year old, how do you, how do you feel right now? Yeah, I feel amazing. Yeah. I was just telling someone this morning about how how I walk into that gym every day and I almost pinch myself on how well I feel. And um at some point here I want to I want to talk a little bit of, about how I get to that okay. well-being, but yeah. Yeah, amazing. so and then um so you feel great and then as far as your everyday activities kind of the you mentioned functional movements 
um, you're able to perform everything that you need to do from a functional movement standpoint as a 62 year old. Absolutely. You know, um, cleaning, helping people move. Um, one of my buddies called me the other day and he is restoring neon signs around Kansas city. And I'm one of the guys that he calls to, you know, I'm just the grunt man. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's awesome. I I can do it and I, and I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you feel that as a freedom element or do you just take it for granted? Cause that's kind of how you've always been. Well, of course that is, we've always been very active. And so there would be, it would be easy to take it for granted. Um, but anymore, you know, I, I live our mantra of gratitude and grit and literally every day I walk in that gym and I'm grateful that I'm able to move as well as I can move. Yeah. It's amazing. I was at a archery contest today for my son and it just, it's, it's kind of sad sometimes to see people as overweight as they are. And I could, I saw a guy today that was probably 55, couldn't even walk up to bleachers. Yeah. That's so sad. And so that's, again, goes back to the, you know, get fit to stay active mantra, which is, you know, the reason why we're doing all this, or I'm doing this as a 39 year old is to feel and look like you do when I'm hopefully 62. Yeah. So. yeah. And then as far as an energy level standpoint, do you feel like you have a great motor still all that? Yep. My numbers are, I, 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 I don't want this to come across as, um, egotistical or, or boastful, but my numbers are amazing. You know, when I, if I compare them to other athletes at the gym, And, um, as you know, you know, I've been, um, uh, attempting to compete at the world level and, and, um, I'm, if I, if I didn't have shoulder issues, I'd, I'd be right there now. I feel that good. So let's, let's talk about that. Cause uh, as I mentioned before we were talking, uh, I know a little bit about that story because I bought your shoes, uh, (laughs) that you were supposed to take with you to the games. Uh, but I don't know the whole story. And I think most of us in the community know that you have been injured with your shoulder, but I don't think a lot of us know the story on how close you were or that the fact that you actually made it, I think to the games. My first so-called world-class CrossFit sanctioned um, competition was the Granite Games in 2016. And the uh, CrossFit competitors that were in my age group had been at the games or had competed at the games. So I was competing with athletes that had competed at the CrossFit games. And um, the programming there um, according to them was, was that it was harder than the games. There were 11 workouts in two and a half days as opposed to seven or eight. So <clears throat> that was actually my f- very first competition ever. And, um, uh, you know, I finished, I think I tied for 12th or something like that, you know, out of 20 guys. And, and then 2017, I, uh, I, I was getting, I, I did the open, but I decided not to, push into it because I was going to have a shoulder worked on. And so I, in 2017, I didn't, um, I didn't push into it. And then 2018 is when I turned 60. So I was going to jump a group, an age group. And that's where I, you know, the kids, um, and I say my kids, I mean, my adult children, um, said, you know, this is the year to, to do it. And so I said, you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do this for myself. I wanted to, I didn't need that notch at my belt, but it was such a family deal. You know, Christine was doing my programming. I got to do my, my training workouts with Nick or, or Steven 
and then we would strategize. And of course, Ashley would be the cheerleader, you know, at, at the gym. And it was really about family and community and it gave us something to kind of focus on. So it was really, um, really devastating. You know, I got, I earned my, my way to the games, got my invite from them, my official invite, and I'm just practicing a heavy cleaning jerk one morning, getting ready for the games. And my shoulder came out completely dislocated and and I couldn't, it was too traumatic to, to recover from. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I finished uh, 10th in the world in the open and overall 16th in 2018. So it was good numbers. Those are good numbers. And so how many at the, in the master's division get invited to the games? 20 top 20 and that in 2018, I think there were 3,750 that started. So So you were 16 out of 20. Or you were 16 out of 30, well, 16 out of 3750, but then top one half of 1%. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Were you proud of that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have to be. Why wouldn't you be right? Yeah, exactly. I think when I did the open, I was like 3 million out of (laughs) 3 million. You still did it though. Yeah. RX. Yeah. I was uh, was there. I judged you. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, Was that, was it easy for you? The... As far as the weights and just the the workouts and stuff, I mean, again, because of of your history and stuff, I mean, did you find it easier? Or did you have to like push it up a couple notches to to get there? You you have to to get to that level. You have to kind of sh- you kind of have to shut your mind out and just go with everything you've got. And um, it's not like a hard workout in everyday class at KCI. It, it's it's another level up and. Christine and Steven and Nick all kind of made that happen. Yeah. So, and I could do it. I'm able to do that. At that time, they had the regionals, right? Right. And you did regionals, but you had to videotape your workouts? So, in, in the Master 55 and up, they, they actually didn't have uh, regionals. They had uh, what they called qualifiers. Okay. And so, we took one week. After we, um, um, I finished 10th in the Open, then... Um, a few weeks later, they had a one. They had four workouts over one weekend that we had to do. And yes, though everything that I did was videoed, and some of them were sent in just random requests. Hmm. So they they could judge if I did the movements correctly and and if I was able to do them. Awesome. Well, let's. Uh, I mean, I I still think it's amazing that you did that, and yeah, it's good for cool. you. Um. So how did you do it? So let's yeah. transition to kind of the how. And I'll, I'll let you go ahead and maybe tell your story that you wanted to yep. kind of talk about and we'll transition to just a few questions. Sure. So, um, Brad, the, the, the thing I wanted to talk about was, was feeling good. And, um, <clears throat> back nearly 20 years ago, uh, I was, I was working 80 to hundred, hundred or 120 hours a week, seemed like, uh, on the farm. And, um, I would do all, I would. I would stop at convenience stores to get my f- food for the day. Yeah. <laughs> and I w- went in the, and in the winter and the summer I was uh, still working out, but I, I, I was gaining weight and I was still working all those hours and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And Christine was finishing up college and she just said, dad, it's what you're putting in your body. And so she was the one that, that turned my ship around I wasn't feeling real well. I had some GI issues and, um, she kind of got me on, uh, the Paul check whole food type movement. And then from there, I've pretty much done my own 
educating and um, learning about and, and dialing in my nutrition. But what I, what I wanted to talk about, and this might sound a bit odd, um, I promise you, I'll come back to the feeling good, You're good. part, okay? You're good. We, as um, all life on earth, mutates every time it reproduces. So you are a slight DNA mutation, mutation of your parents, mm-hmm. as am I, as, as are your kids. Every time life reproduces, it slightly mutates. And the purpose of that is so that it can adapt, that life can adapt to the conditions that it's, that it's, that they are in so that they can survive and thrive. And if you go back 2 million years when that's about when, um, we started walking upright, apparently at some point humans develop the ability to sweat and why that's important is one is it's a mutation, but it allowed us to chase down the, the game that we wanted to hunt because we could sweat and stay cool. Whereas the game we were chasing didn't sweat and sooner or later overheated and they just stopped. Right. There's three big points there. One is we were, we are built to move. We are built to sweat and we are built to eat fats and proteins. And on the way back with their game, they probably picked up some roots and berries or whatever, right? Walking that all the way forward now, what I've figured out, and again, like you said earlier in this um, podcast, we're not trying to tell anybody how to live their life. We're just saying, this is how I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And so what I figured out is if I'm taking in what my body is designed to burn ultimately, which is, which are fats and proteins, some carbs that are in the, in the vegetables and some fruits, it performs its very best. Now that doesn't mean it, it can't burn, um, carbs, complex carbs. It, it, it's burning glucose, but everyone that, that competes on fuel like glucose hits a wall. The body has to, it, it runs out of the, the sugars, the starch, and it has to figure out how to burn fat. And it's not trained to burn fat, even though that's what we're meant to do. It's because we are burning carbs all the time. It doesn't know how to do it. And so we hit this wall. So for me, if I'm naturally burning dietary fats that I, that I take in, when my body runs out of that fuel, it automatically knows how to burn fats that are in my cells that are on my body. And so I transition right over. So I can do a Murph and probably post one of the better times in the gym because I have that mechanism in my body trained to burn fats. The other thing that people will say when, when they're on a high fat nutrition plan is they feel satiated. They have no cravings and, and I have no cravings for a pizza, even though I love a pizza or a longboards wrap or whatever, I, or alcohol or sugar, I have no cravings. I feel 
satiated. I feel good. The other thing that they talk about is, is cognitive skills. Your, your mind just is clear. It doesn't get foggy. You just feel amazing. And, um, that, that could come across as like, okay, he's just got a positive attitude. And I try to do that too. We all do, but I literally can tell the difference. It's because of the way I feel. And so give, give us a couple of examples on your fuel. So what you're eating. Right. So, I mean, I can get into the macros, but my, my, um, my fats are animal based and plant based. My proteins are both animal and um, plant based, and my carbs come from the vegetables or a little bit of fruit that I that I take in. So you're not eating bread. Nothing. You're not eating something that's purely carb. Nothing refined. No. Nope. Yep. No. Nope. So you're basically eating protein and vegetables. Uh, and then fats. I, the fats would fats. come. So fats would be. A lot of people misunderstand fats. So fats come from um, like avocados, eggs, um, some of the nuts, you know, like cashews. Right. Um, of course, I don't want to get too detailed, but some of the nuts have too much omega-6s and we really need omega-3s, which keep our joints lubricated and it keeps the walls of our cells communicate um, open so that the other cells can communicate with each other. I know that sounds like techno stuff, but it, it works for me. It feels really good. Then another thing would be, so a lot of people that do a high fat or even a keto diet would sit there and say that their joints, you know, are well lubricated or they feel very flexible because of the fat. Yes. Um, so if you eat, you know, all protein, no fat, then some people get inflamed as well. Uh, because of the lack of fat. And so you, you, you benefit from the fat and you think that's been very beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my, the, the name of my nutrition would, would technically be ketogenic. However, I'm not in like super ketosis. Okay. Because my, my balance of fats to proteins is about 50, 50. When you're in a keto, a real ketogenic plan, it's more like 75, 25, 75% fats versus Mm -hmm. 25 proteins. The body will convert protein to glucose in an emergency situation. It will. The fats are dense energy. They have a lot more energy than even proteins. And they have a lot more, and proteins have a lot more energy than even carbs by gram. And so did you, you mentioned Christine kind of turned you on to a whole food diet. Do you enjoy that diet or has that just been a diet that you've taken on and learned to enjoy over time? The first thing is, is you have to decide that that's what you're going to be because the lure of everything that's out there is strong. And if you are on a high carb diet, high complex carb diet, your body actually craves it. And your mind is somewhat addicted to it. Yep. And so um, you have to decide that it's going to, this is, it's going to change and I'm going to change it. And it, for me, it took about two to three years to really turn the ship around. So I want to encourage everyone, if you're going to do something, first of all, become educated, take some time, do a lot of education and, um, and then give yourself some time. 
So is there a certain book that you read that was a big uh, page turner for you or a big point of reference? So Christine's uh, Paul Check is was was the initial for me. But uh, more in more recent years, when I started competing, uh, I I also watch I watch a lot of YouTube um, type educational stuff, and yeah. so I there's a couple of names that if someone wants the names, I can certainly forward them, but. And Very, is that strictly dietary stuff or nutrition stuff? It's both. both. Uh, one of them is is dietary nutrition, the body, um, and the other the other uh, gentleman is um, is was an Olympian. He was a competitor as well, so he gets into more of the performance gotcha. type stuff. Yeah. And so, where does the discipline come from? Have you always been? disciplined that way well yeah that's something that is innate with within me as discipline um but when you realize how well you feel by feeding fueling correctly um you don't want to go back yeah you just you i have like i said earlier i have no cravings to to go back so hmm. And, and for me, I'm able to do this six days a week. Now I realize people have families and jobs and they travel and it makes it a lot more difficult. Um, and for me, I'm, you know, I'm for, my schedule is fairly regimented, so I can do it six days a week and I can slack off for one day and that's about 85% and, and it's, it works. So give me a typical day from a nutritional standpoint yep. and you can mix in when you work out and all that yep. stuff, but Typical, typical day for me is a um, cup of coffee in the morning with some coconut oil, which is a fat, and a little dab of honey um, just to give it a little better taste. And then about mid-morning, I'm, uh, I'm into a small shake that I make for myself. It's um, berries. For me, my fruit is pretty much limited to berries. Uh, not that I won't go off into the other type melons and apples and bananas but for me it's the berries and so um, those are thrown in a blender with a little bit of whey protein and water and that's my mid-morning kind of so I can get my vitamins I or my supplements I should and I do take a few supplements fish oil omega-3s as one of those um, then about late morning I'll have what I call my pre-lunch which is a half of my chicken breast and some something green like green vegetables. I'm not a big salad person. So it's green beans, fresh green beans or frozen green beans and green peas and they're warmed up and then I just split that into two. So late morning, early afternoon and then um <clears throat> I do like to to have something about an hour and a half before my four the 415 workout. So 2.30 or so, um, I'll usually go with either an avocado or um, some spaghetti squash because there's some carbohydrates in that, mm -hmm. uh, natural carbohydrates, and, and that's my fuel. And then in the evening, it's usually ground beef, and um, I, I saute uh, onions and peppers and that kind of stuff in real butter. Salted real butter. One of the things about ketogenic diets is you need to take in some salt because your your kidneys are functioning so much better that they flush out a lot of the salt in your system. So you need to take in more salt. And nothing that I eat has sodium in it. So um, in the evening, that's it's usually um, prime rib ground beef and some sautéed vegetables. 
And what form does the ground beef take? How do you eat that? Uh, patties. Patties. Yep. Yep. Just pre- I prepare the I prepare most of this stuff um, on the weekend for the week, so that I know that boom, 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 boom. That's that's what I'm gonna eat. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so like a five ounce patty, and you just sit there and with a fork and just yep crush it. Yeah. No seasoning. <laughs> just no seasoning. No ketchup. No mustard. Uh, I wouldn't say that I don't cheat a little bit on a little bit of you know maybe some barbecue sauce. Just real light. Yeah. Yep. And you cook most of that on Sunday. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, so you, you keep, you said six days a week, a couple of times. So what's the seventh day? So I'm, uh, seventh for me, it starts on a Saturday evening and runs through Sunday evening. And, um, it can be anything from pizza to, you know, a wrap or something. I usually don't even crave something sweet, crazy or sweet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to like. Baskin Robbins and no, I don't four even, scoops of ice cream. Yeah, no. don't even don't even really crave that. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. what do you crave then? Basically, you said, you if I if when I cheat times. when I cheat, I actually crave getting back to my yeah my um, ketogenic diet. I actually crave because I feel so good. I feel good. You really feel that good? It's amazing. See, because I I was just telling Nick this. Yeah, I feel terrible a lot of the times because I drink a lot of soda. I, I traveled the other day and I drank a few sodas and ate a cheeseburger for lunch yep. and I just felt terrible. Well, and, if you, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, I can't explain it. Um, and, and it's not something that you're going to realize even in a two or three month time frame. It's, it's takes longer than that. Yeah, it does. And I think that's Nick and I've talked a lot about, you know, habits and routines and, and the discipline factor of it, but it's, you know, but I think if we knew, and that's again why you're on the podcast is if we knew that that existed yeah. and you're obviously living proof that it does exist, that um, maybe I need to sacrifice a little bit and have some discipline and, and try and get to that point where I can feel better. Yep. Because it's, you know, but, you have a good a good weekend or something where you, you know, you get a good amount of sleep, you don't maybe drink the night before and you wake up and you feel great and you feel like you accomplished a lot and like that feels amazing. But um, a lot of times that gets sidetracked by other indulgence. Yep. So, you know, Brad, I think the, um, the education factor is, um, is critical and, uh, we, we are so busy. Everyone is so busy generally that we, we don't have time to, to do some of that education. Although you, you do podcast, you're trying to improve yourself. That's your lifestyle. That's good. If you or anyone listening wants a couple of resources that that I've utilized over the past three or four years, um, I'd be happy to to help steer them in that direction. Yeah. So, but but you um, you're semi-retired now. I am. And um, but you used to work, and yep. I, knowing you, I would imagine that you put in the hours. And were you able to eat like that with your job? It was a little difficult because uh, I, I I did travel. I traveled the lower 48 and I did travel the world. And um, it, it's diff, it's more difficult. Can't, can't deny that. But you still can, if you know what you're looking for and or be prepared. Like, for example, um, a lot of people take a protein bar and keep it in their backpack or in their purse and protein bars aren't really all that good for you. Right. So for example, maybe you would keep some, some nuts in a little Ziploc or something, yeah. you know, just to get you by so that you didn't 
divulge and and stop and buy some donuts or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So Nick and I just did a podcast last week on intermittent fasting. You eat every three or four hours, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever done fasting with your diet? So fasting um, is excellent. You know, if you go back to my example of uh, two million years ago, essentially when they went out and, you know, got their game, they feasted for a day and then they couldn't really store the rest of it. It kind of went to waste. So they would, they would actually not be able to eat or just maybe eat on the roots or berries or nuts that they had stored. And, um, so fasting, we are designed for fasting. Now there's a whole education series that needs to go along with that too. For example, someone a little older, perhaps like myself or, or even older, fasting can actually permanently slow your, your metabolic rate down, your metabolism down. And you really don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want to keep the, the fire burning. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I'm, I go about 12 hours, but, but I'm fueling every two and a half, three hours yeah. after that. So. And so with your diet, is that regimen as far as eating the frequency that you do? Is that kind of what works best for you or is that kind of that, that diet regimen? It's kind of that diet regimen. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. uh, I just sometimes don't like to eat that much, you know? Right. And so especially the shake and doing all that stuff and the pre and the post lunch and all that. But yeah. And that's, that's personal preference. Here again, when you say that much, you know, for me, I'm only taking in 1,800 to 2,000 calories. And so in terms of volume, it's not that much. Yeah. Frequency is a, is a more difficult or more challenging issue when you're working full time and you have kids programs and yep. whatnot. Totally yep. get it. So do you, um, do you have a specific morning routine? You mentioned the coffee, but do you wake up at a certain time every day and... Yep. And, uh, you work out at four fifteen, yep, every day, every day. And why do you not work out in the morning? Yeah. Morning is a, is, um, for me, morning is my productive mental time. Yeah. I'm a commodity trader. And, um, when I was, uh, you know, when I was working, um, the markets are open in the morning until early afternoon and it just really fit me well. Um, so uh, mornings, um, are a little more challenging for me because I need to get hydrated and, uh, I do, it does take me a little longer to warm up than, than maybe a 39 year old. I just, I need enough time to get warmed up before I can really go into it. And, um, so mornings are a little more of a challenge. I'm, I'm hydrated, I'm satiated and I'm ready to go by 4:15 in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what time do you usually wake up? Uh, usually around 5:30 or six. And, uh, my morning routine starts with, um, I just lay there and give gratitude for everything that I can think of yeah. five or 10 minutes. Um, that's how I start my day. Literally, you know, family, I have a roof over my head, you know, I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up. Right. Do you snooze? No, 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 I don't. You when I'm Nick awake, Bo. I'm awake. Oh yeah. My God. I hate you guys already. Um, <laughs> I did hear that. You're right. You're when do you, uh, what time do you go to bed? So around 10 and, uh, my, you know, my, my evening routine, uh, used to be, I'd, I'd, I'd watch my YouTubes from bed mm-hmm. and that was a, that's not a good thing because the blue light kept me awake. And so I've switched that up and, and literally every evening I'm, 
watching documentaries or YouTubes on whatever subject that I'm studying. Last year, 2019, was all about uh, global warming. <laughs> I have over 300 hours logged of global warming. I could talk for a long time on that. I could do a Why do you know of, how many hours you have logged of it? Uh, because it... Um, because I watched one episode every week for basically the every day, every weekday for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. So over 300 hours. And so you mentioned the blue light. So do you, what, what do you, yeah. I mean, now so the iPads I, and stuff all have that or you can wear blue blockers you or can, whatever. But yep. I still like to shut it off. And at night is where um, uh, I do what I call meditation. And uh, I put earplugs in or headphones on, not with music, just to block out all the sound. And, um, and I just let the spirit come Yeah, and I, I observe my thoughts. I don't try to control them or do anything with them. I just observe them. And that's my evening routine. And how long do you do that for? Usually I doze off. So you use, that's your way that's to fall asleep. Way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so you'll start that at nine o'clock or nine thirty. Yep. Exactly right. And then what do you do right before that? You're showering and stuff. So you're not watching YouTube because I watch uh, a lot of YouTube. My nightly routine is usually get in bed by nine mm-hmm. and then I watch my YouTube shows, yeah. which is not global warming. Right. I mean, I'm watching, <laughs> uh, I watch car washing stuff. Okay. So auto detailing stuff. And oh, don't, nice. don't ask me why, but I usually watch 30 minutes of that and then um, then I'll go to sleep after that. Yeah. If, if you have no trouble getting to sleep, then, you know, you can... It's not a problem with a blue blocker, blue light blocker. Yeah, I don't notice the blue light as much, but whenever I go to sleep or lay down, my brain turns on, Yeah, especially with work and yeah. the stressors. Um, usually that's where it turns on. But that, you know, reading helps that a little bit. Um, if I try and read a little bit or the day, if mm-hmm. I have a good work, you know, mm-hmm. I enjoy working out at 5.15 p.m. because of that factor. I feel like it's come home, eat you know, go to my kids' activities or whatever, and then I'm ready to try and go to bed on some of those dimes. But yeah, yeah, just kind of a way to occupy my mind with something other than work yep. is what I try and do. Yep. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. What else uh, is on the list that we did not cover with you? So I think what I wanted to uh, share with the listeners, um, you know, the, the uh, focus groups at KCR are fantastic uh, concept. And uh, my m- uh, group is Lifestyles. And uh, as we already know from this podcast, I have a regimented lifestyle. But that doesn't mean anyone listening has to be that regimented. There are concepts that can be communicated and followed in, in the members, the KCI members that are on, uh, are in the focus group have already made lifestyle changes. And, um, so I just want to let everyone know that those are available and, um, to utilize them because that, that camaraderie or that accountability in some people's cases, they just want someone to be accountable to. Yeah. So, well, sounds like you're a wealth of knowledge on that. So yeah, I can be, I'm not in the focus groups. Um, so give me one or two lifestyle (laughs) tips. Yep. So interestingly, one of the athletes that is in the focus group, um, did food prep for her husband for the week, but she didn't do it for herself. Yeah. And I just said, well, there's your first step. If you're already in the, in the mess of it, so to speak, and you've set aside the time, do it for both of you. Because she said that during the week, she would then be drawn to other things. Right. You know? 
So there was one. Um, another another one was um, was just simply working, saying yes to too much work and stress. And so when we as humans are under stress, we release cortisol and insulin. Cortisol is is um, is a fight or flight type of thing, but it is not it's not good for us. And then the insulin. Um, in this person's case, um, she's already struggling a little bit with weight. Well, ins high insulin can can contribute to heavy weight. So um, she's already started to say no. She said she's she felt like doing six workouts this week. She felt so much better, sleeping better. So those are a couple. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I uh, appreciate you uh, joining us on the podcast. And thanks for kind of setting that example um, obviously we can all rely on you now for information and especially about global warming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't wait to, maybe we'll have a podcast specifically on global, war, on global warming. Um, but no, really appreciate it. Absolutely, um, Brad. we'll get you back. So yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Yeah.